0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NNMK Politics Podcast, episode five. Today, we have our second special guest, uh, Rachel Spivey, Matt's sister. Uh, She's joining us here today. Um, we've had a really crazy week in news. We've had some really historic stuff. So, we're going to be covering that today. Um, we have like election news that's brand new, some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, and yeah, so Matt, why don't you take us away with introducing our guest?
1: Yeah, so um, so we have Rachel here. Um, Rachel, I just want to ask you a quick question. So, um, we we already kind of know that you're a political science major. So, we wanted to tell you just a little bit about yourself, like what's your background, I guess, and like how how did you get into political science? I guess you could say.
2: Yeah. Uh- So I am a junior political science honors student at Framingham State University. Um, I am more on a American government track. So I know you guys cover international relations on this podcast as well. Um, That is really not my forte. I like to say my forte is more in the American government structure and system. Um, I've taken classes on the judiciary, the legislative, and the presidency all separately, but I've also taken classes that kind of cover that umbrella as well. Um, I would say that my love for political science kind of stemmed from my love of student government, I think. I I bet that's mostly where I could pinpoint that from, um, because I loved being a leader. And then also I'm a very big history buff. Matthew is like my protege in that way, um, that we just love history and we love talking about it. So I kind of knew I wanted to do something about history. Um, or relating to that, but I thought that, you know, politics was probably the way to go for me and I really enjoy it a lot. So, yeah.
3: So, Rachel, did you know what career you wanted to go into before you started college? And what are some common misconceptions with the political science major?
2: I definitely didn't. I kind of was like on the fence. Um, I'm actually on a pre-law track as well. Um, So I definitely knew I wanted to do something relating to law. But I really every single day I'm like, I'm one step closer to law school. But I think back, and I'm like, I could be a campaign manager or I could do something like this. Um, But I definitely know that I would be really stressed out all the time, no matter what. Um, But Uh, I definitely did kind of know what I wanted to do a little bit when I entered college and when I was graduating from high school, Um, just enough to like, you know, pick a major, stuff like that. Um, But I definitely think that every single day I'm kind of, you know, choosing and finding new things about my major that I enjoy and I really like. But I definitely know that, you know, law school is not too far away, so I will probably be pursuing that more likely. And something like common misconceptions about political science majors is that we all want to be president, I think <laughs> um a lot of people will go into local government or will even work for some nonprofit agencies. So I think that you know every single time someone asks me, what's your major?" and I'm like, political science, they're like, "So you want to be president." Um not everybody wants to be president, and uh, not everybody can be president. so Um, I definitely think that's probably the biggest misconception about political science majors overall.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of funny how how people say that. I don't think I've ever heard someone say that. I mean, I've brought it up in conversation, like, I think I want to do political science or something like that, and then they're like, oh, do you want to do, like, something in government? Um, And I usually just say, like, I don't really know, but, like, that's kind of, like, the idea, but that's kind of interesting how people think that
2: yeah, and I have um, a lot of my friends who are on the more of the international relations track still get that answer and are that like question and they'll be like, uh, no, I'm studying international relations and I kind of want to work for like an embassy or the UN or something like that. Um, so it's definitely very different depending on who you're talking to. but um, like I want to be a lawyer so that's not really that close to political science close enough, but um, still not in the same ballpark ish for schooling. And whatnot but yeah
0: so I heard that you went to a vocational school so what I want to know is uh, what shop did you choose and also did that impact your decision to go into political science at all
2: so I went to Monty Tech. I graduated class of 2018 um, I was in graphic communications as a shop um, so nowhere close to political science whatsoever. <laughs> um, I knew I wanted to go to Tech just because um, the sending school in the town I'm from, um, you know, just wasn't going to be the best fit for me academically. So I wanted to kind of challenge myself by, you know, getting accepted into Monitech and maybe um, broadening my horizons a little bit. So I went to Monitech um, and I picked graphics just because it was a passion of mine. Um I was very into photography starting uh at like 14 years old. So I really liked that, but now even now I still am doing like little things like I just drew a picture of my dog on Procreate on like an iPad. So it's definitely like carried over but has literally nothing to do with um political science. Um I just can make like pretty logos and stuff, but uh I guess I maybe it did in the way that You know, it's just like another hobby that I have um, while I'm... It's a way to de-stress, really.
0: (laughs) And then one more question. Uh, What would would one tip be for someone who wants to go into the field of politics?
2: I think that the number one tip that I would have um, is even if you don't know anybody in politics, don't be afraid to um, reach out to people. Something that I think is a very big misconception for the law field and the political science field is that you have to know somebody to really get into the field. Um, And that's not necessarily true. Um, I've definitely made a lot of career connections just based on, you know, sending an email or, you know, going to an event. You don't have to have a grandfather who's been a lawyer for 40 years to be a successful um, political scientist or politician or, you know, a lawyer or what, whatever you choose to do within that field. You don't have to know somebody to be a good whatever you want to be. So, yeah.
1: So, like, what are some, like, takeaways that a student in political science could get away from the course? Or, like, how could um, someone in political science apply the studies that they learned into their into like an occupation like they could use in the real world
2: so i definitely like i was saying before there's different tracks that you can take within political science you have your american government track your international relations slash um countries kind of track and then you also have your pre-law track so depending on what you're doing it really depends um but I've taken a lot of material. For example, I took a moot court class last fall semester, so in 2019, um, and I definitely um, learned a lot from that. I learned down to the wire legal writing and how to argue um, and writing rebuttals and all sorts of things, and I actually got to go compete um in a tournament and I made it to the next day which was very exciting um out of like I think they had like 75 teams only like 20 moved on so it was pretty cool to be part of that small um group that like moved on but I definitely think that you know applying what you're learning goes for all majors that you know college classes are really where you're going to refine and hone in on your skills that you're going to use in the workforce Um, so that same thing goes with political science. I keep telling all my friends that are also poli-sci majors that I actually miss being in class and like having those, like, they're not necessarily like arguments in class, but very, um, very fact-driven discussions I have with my classmates. Um, not everyone in the room agrees, even though I go to a Massachusetts state school. Um, not everybody in the room has the same political ideologies and opinions and, um, you know, just what they believe. Uh, so it's always interesting to come into class and discuss, you know, a Supreme Court case and hear everybody's different opinions um as to rulings and whatnot. But definitely, I think that Framingham State and the political science department overall does a really great job of mirroring what a um, law school class would be like. For example, one of my professors did what is known as cold calling. So Basically, you are given a Supreme Court case to read. In my case, it was usually multiple that we would discuss within the same lecture that all kind of had to do with, um, you know, like same sex marriage rights, um, you know, violations of the Civil Rights Act, stuff like that. Um, And basically, you read the case, and the professor will just say, "Um, uh, Asher, like, what was the summary of the case? Or Matthew, what was the holding of the case? So you have to know literally everything about the case. Um, before going into class. So that's very helpful as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think what you were saying before about like, have you heard everybody's opinions and like their discussions on different events? I think that's,
2: um,
1: I I think that's pretty interesting because I would say like a lot of classes don't bring that. um,
2: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) and,
1: And seeing like differing opinions, I think can help build your own opinion and just like, Surrounding yourself with people who have differing opinions to you is like better for yourself as well.
2: And I'm really lucky in the fact that our political science department and classes are made up of students of all different origins and backstories and everything. For example, I had um, a fellow classmate who served in um, recently in the military and is now enrolling in classes um, to become a lawyer for the military, Um, a JAG lawyer. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then I also had another classmate who was like 50 years old, like coming back to take political science classes because, you know, that's where his passion lied. Um, and he never got the chance to go to college when he was younger. So it's definitely really cool to like hear all these different people with all these different experiences with the military and just like life overall coming together to, you know, discuss recent events, current events, because as we have seen in literally like the past 24 hours history is happening right before our eyes and i think as a political science major you are i i have like notifications on my phone from like different news outlets just in case something happens because you know as a political science major we all kind of just try to stay informed about what's happening um even down to like you know nominations to cabinets and stuff like that
3: um i have one more quick question so you mentioned that you were interested in becoming a lawyer. Have you given any thought yes. to what you'd want to be more specifically, like a civil defense lawyer or something?
2: Yeah. At first, I thought I, I've gone through like a, a whole bunch of motions with that. It's kind of that's the part that's trickiest because you know you can't really take refined law classes when you're in um, college, other than you know your basic constitutional law um, and stuff like that. So I took con law and I was like i don't know if i could argue in front of the supreme court um and argue you know that uh, constitution was violated or whatnot and then i jumped to okay so i think i want to be like a criminal defense attorney because i had been watching how to get away with murder um and i thought that that was you know my calling and then i was like "Mm, not 100 percent sure on that one either And then I jumped to a district attorney, which is the exact opposite. And I was convinced that I wanted to do that kind of thing because it still involved political science as it is a um, government elected official. Um, And then I said, "Eh, I don't know if that's it either. Um, And I then kind of transitioned to a family and um, divorce attorney. So I think that's where I am right now. I just completed my honors thesis on uh, gender bias in psychology and within custody battles that happen in courts, whether it be, you know, different like parental figures or the judge or, you know, just society as a whole and how that affects uh, custody battles from pre World War II to modern day society, which is which is basically been like the bulk of what I want to do in law school. So I think that's it right now. <laughs> it might change.
1: Yeah, so do you guys have any more questions? Nate, do you have any more? I think Ash or Gabe has.
0: Yeah, I gave both of mine. I think okay. that, that was a pretty good uh, summary.
1: Yeah, I think you uh, summed it up really well, so thank you Rachel. Um, I think we should go into what is um happening more recently, <coughs> um, or has happened more recently uh, in the government as we've seen um, in the past 24 hours. um we've seen pro trump supporters uh storm the cabinet building during uh the counting of the electoral college votes. Uh I think they got like 12 votes in and then it started happening. Um, so what are your guys like overall th- thoughts about that? I guess Nate you can start you can go first.
0: Uh sure. Well I was watching it on the on uh the news. Um, At first it was just like like a Trump rally, like Trump was speaking, and uh, one of the things that he said uh, was to march to the Capitol. He didn't say to like storm it or anything, he just said to march there. So people uh, like marched up there, and most people, from from what I saw, were standing like on the steps just around it. But there were like a few people, maybe like a hundred, who started breaking windows, and then they started climbing into the building. And um, I think that like four people have been killed. I think from that, I know that one person had been shot and killed. Um, and then like all of the uh, uh, like the the people inside the building were uh, evacuated and put on lockdown. Um, so I think I, I think that like the majority of the of the protesters. Were, were in the right because they were, they, they were just protesting. They weren't doing anything illegal. But like that, that 100 who broke in, I, I think that they should definitely be punished. Um, one more thing that was, that was kind of weird is that the, there was like no police. Well, not no police, but there was like barely any for a long time, it seems like. And people were just sort of milling around, just kind of strolling around inside the building. Which was kind of crazy, considering that it's, like, a, a federal building.
1: Yeah, that's what I kind of thought, too. I was like, you you would think it would be more protected, but um, obviously we saw that people were easily able to break in. Um, I mean, when I first thought, I was just shocked, honestly. Um, I think a lot of the politicians were also shocked. They didn't expect it, but I think we've come to a day and age where it's, like, it's sadly it is getting more and more apparent that these types of things are happening and uh definitely to um politics in politics as well like um it was we've we've done uh we did a podcast episode on guatemala guatemala and their government had some questionable tactics that they used and the people did the same exact thing. They went into their Capitol building and they started lighting fireplaces in the Capitol building and they started breaking in windows. So I think that it's definitely more apparent in our society. We kind of looked at that and we were like, "Uh, we, it, it's definitely not going to happen to America. Like, there's no way. Like, America's more civilized, but there are people who do those types of things, and it's more and more apparent in our society. And it's honestly just very sad that the country that we live in has gone to this.
0: Yeah, it's very, very divided right now. There's a lot of, um, a lot of, like, extreme people on both ends.
1: Yeah. How about about you, Rachel? What are your thoughts on this?
2: Oh, like I said, political science majors tend to keep in contact. So I knew about this at approximately, like, three o'clock-ish, I would say. Um, and I couldn't, I, I was like, I can't watch this. Like, I, it was like, I don't want something to happen, violent, anything, you know, to break any sort of peace that there might be. And I think I was just like waiting for something to happen, like something bad, because, you know, I feel like that's how it always inevitably ends up. Um, So I, I can't say truly, though, that I was surprised. I really wasn't there has been so much divide in this country and you know like Nate said there it's the divide is clear and you know there's just a lot of polarization that's happening um and you know with the election and everything obviously that group of people was not happy with the result and you know I don't blame them there is a lot of media coverage surrounding all of these, you know, um, these election fraud potentially, you know, topics with them finding ballots, people destroying ballots, all this stuff. Um, So, you know, as like a common American citizen, it's not hard to not believe, it's not hard to believe, excuse me, when you see these things like plastered all over your news outlets, your phone timelines on Facebook, you know, so I think it's it's really just been this like pinnacle moment and everything was just building up to that. But I I I don't know. I I was very I was shocked, but I was also not surprised. Like I was like, oh, okay, so this is happening right now. Okay, cool. I I don't know. I guess I'm at a loss for words. It was just really just really weird to see people breaking into a building that is supposed to represent, you know, i a democratic government that is made for the people and to see them, you know, stealing podiums and breaking windows and, you know, fighting with Capitol police officers. I, I, I completely, completely agree with Nate. When I say that the people that were standing, you know, just bystanders in the situation, you know, the people that weren't breaking into the Capitol definitely were not doing anything wrong. They were not violating any laws that is what the first amendment grants the American citizens to do. And to take that away would be awful. (laughs) So, um, I definitely think that, you know, the people who broke into the Capitol should most definitely be punished. Um, because, you know, that is just a hateful thing to do, especially during a ceremony that is so ritual to the government in counting these ballots and ensuring that we have a transfer, uh, uh, peaceful transfer of power. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, not shocked, but shocked too. <laughs> uh,
1: I was um I was watching I was watching the news last night like late last night and I was also texting Rachel but um it was around like eleven o'clock and it's when they started to recount ballots and um a lot of Republican speakers started um getting up to the podiums and speaking and you know I'm not really one to I I'm. I'm not a Republican. If I say that, I'm not a Republican at all. But when they were speaking, uh, I was, I loved it. Everything that they were saying, I was like, yeah, I agree with this. Like, I don't usually, not most of the time, I agree with Republicans. But I looked at this and I said, wow, I agree with them. Mitt Romney said, "Uh, he said we are not, even though we are politicians and we might have differences, we are still Americans." And when I look around this room, I see Americans. And that really stuck with me, and I was like, wow, this is, this is what's going on. Like, these politicians didn't want this to happen. These Republican politicians didn't want this to happen. And those people who were rioting and breaking in and trying to stop this, those were not Republicans. Those were people who had their own agenda. Those people were, like, not in shape with those Republicans. Those people wanted to do their own thing. They're already past republican they They didn't care about politics anymore and it was It was sad to see that so many Republican politicians were like, "Okay, guys, this needs to stop.
3: We can't have
1: this happening anymore." And they still proceeded to do it. It's just sad to see
3: um something that well, the way I think of it, obviously it's unjustified to do what you know, these people have done breaking into the Capitol and vandalizing stuff. But at the same time, I do understand why they do it right in their eyes. It's not democratic. They believe that um, that, you know, the results of the election are not legitimate. And I, I think we can all agree on the fact that this election in particular has happened over one of the strangest times in our lives, right? Yeah,
1: definitely.
3: Like there's so much like think about what everybody was talking about during the election. Like for example, Arizona, you know, with their late votes or whatever, and um Michigan with a you know, massive spike in votes for Biden. There's just a lot of stuff that we're not used to. So I don't blame people for being upset about the results. Just because of how different everything has been.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, those people didn't want the election to change. Definitely, those people didn't want like Trump to win. They just wanted the votes to be recounted. I I totally agree with that. I think this election um has been one of the like um most debated elections about who's won. And like we've we've almost never seen that except in what election was it with the uh. The ones where they the hanging Larrys, whatever they're called. Don't know what that one was. It was in like two thousand,
3: someone. Yeah, Al Gore versus George Bush. Yeah.
2: Talking about Bush v. Gore.
3: Yes. That one. Yeah. It
1: was like the
2: hanging. That was two thousand.
3: Yeah, where where like Al Gore lost because the votes hadn't been fully counted or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, and the yeah, and the um, yeah, it was the Supreme Court decided that it wouldn't count as a vote if it was like half. Uh, cut but yeah. anyway i think this election has been the most debated election about who's won since that election um those two probably go like the top two about who's won um but it, yeah i can i can see why they wanted a recount but i think that those people who are inside the the people that are outside the building like nate and rachel were saying i think those people were severely justified they they had their right to do that and they had their right to protest but i think it would be exact same thing with the blm protesters like those people who are on the sidelines with their signs that are just walking down the street those people are justified those people are fine like those people can walk down the street and do that but just the few people who go in and start burning stuff down or start vandalizing property or start going into a government building fighting police officers Those people are not justified. And those people are the people who don't have an agenda and just want to do it for the sake of doing it. Those protesters aren't there. And I I think that if those protesters, those peaceful protesters had their way, they could have done something about it. But um, the ones that got in just ruined it for all of them.
2: I I always say that you know whenever something like this happens, whenever you know an outcry from the public, a large group, whether it be you know this um, rally that turned into a um, protest that just happened, or you know the Black Lives Matter protests, um, it's always the the small few, the you know the people who break into the Capitol, the people who you know loot the target, stuff like that that are remembered. It's not the large message of the movement and i think that you know as much as you know i am in agreement with all the people that i see on social media and in agreement with you guys that you know those people that broke into the Capitol are horrible people and they should be punished to the fullest extent of the law for sending the Senate and the House of Representatives into a complete lockdown during what is supposed to be one of the most peaceful times and bipartisan times where, you know, no matter which side of the aisle you sit on, this is a time where you're supposed to come together and, you know, ratify this change in government that's, you know, important because we don't want to it's a checks and balances system we don't want the executive controlling just the executive the um, legislative needs to check the executive so this is the way that we do it i think that the the goal of the protesters no matter which no matter who you agree with if you agree with them if you agree with you know people who are saying no matter what they shouldn't have been there I think that those people, they have their right. They have freedom of speech. They have freedom of assembly. They are allowed to go and stand there at will. But if they are instructed otherwise, per se, with a 6 p.m. curfew incited by the mayor of the District of Columbia, they have to leave. So I think that, you know, it's just following rules. And I think that, you know, when you have are part of this, like, group and mass hysteria and there's things going on there is going to be a time when, you know, you decide, oh, maybe I don't want to listen right now and I want to break into the Capitol with a baton and jump through the window. So I think that it really, like I said, with politics, I try to separate social movements rather than political movements, but this was definitely a politically fueled movement. This was not a social fueled movement. We've seen times where, you know, We've seen Republican identifying congressmen and women um, speak out and say, you know, black lives do matter and agree with that. But this was definitely, as we saw with the Trump 2020 banners, insignia and everything in between, this was definitely a politically um, fueled event. And like Nate said, it started with that rally and then turned into this. So it's not a surprise um, for that either.
1: Yeah, so I think we covered it pretty well. I mean, we've gotten to our 30 minute mark. so. We're about ready to end. Um, I just want to start off the intro by just thanking Rachel for coming on to the podcast. Thank you, Matthew. You were a very good uh, uh, podcast guest. Um, But, Nate, you can end it off now.
0: All right. So, yeah. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us on the podcast. Um, And thank everyone listening for listening to episode five of the NNMK Politics Podcast. Uh, as usual, our Discord link will be in the description. There you can find all sorts of uh, websites that the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, any anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, also, on the Discord, we have news you can talk about. Podcast, you can—I mean—you can talk about uh, recent events. You can talk about politics. Anything? Um, does anyone have anything else they want to add?
1: No, I think I'm all good.
2: I'm all set. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Do you want to plug any of your social media accounts?
2: Um, I guess you can follow me on Instagram. That's probably the best way to find me. It's Rachel underscore Spivey, which is S P I V E Y, just like Matthew.
3: <laughs> Where can we get uh, merchandise?
2: Um, <laughs> I will have Rachel twenty twenty. Uh, wait, what what would it be? Rachel 24. thirty. Oh, I can't do math. Oh wait, would oh. it be twenty thirty six? How old are you? I can't do math. I'm 21, 21 right now, but I was oh, born God. in 1999. Oh. I think it's 2036. That sounds Maybe right. Because yeah, every three years, right. uh, you can find Spidey 2036 merchandise. Thank um, Where the Thank old God. Trump 2020 stores used to be. <laughs>
1: Thank you guys for listening.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Make sure you. to vote, Rachel. Bye. <laughs>